Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. When men struggle with a pornography addiction, there's a very predictable pattern that leads somebody from where they are, ultimately back into the addiction with another relapse, another slip, which actually sets them up to go back into the addiction cycle because of the guilt and the shame that often accompanies a slip. And so today I want to share with you specifically what this pattern is. What are the steps that lead from feeling good, thinking about your relationship, being on track with the person that you were meant to be, developing your spirituality, focusing at work, right? Where you want to be, what takes you from there back into the addiction when afterwards you just beat yourself up, you hate yourself, you think, why do I keep coming back here? Unless you know exactly what these steps are, it's very difficult to exit the cycle, especially when it's happening. Because outside of the moment, it's not that difficult to make a decision to say, okay, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. And so many men that I work with, they have this, con- they arrive at this conclusion after the slip of like, I don't want to keep going back here. Why do I keep doing this? Their resolve is strong. They commit to themselves. They won't do this. They talk to their wife and say they're not going to do it anymore. But then after that moment of resolve passes, after a few days or weeks or months, they unfortunately find themselves right back into the cycle and aren't sure how and why it happens. And so today I want to break down how people get back into that place feeling stuck and specifically what you can do to avoid it. So this predictable pattern, there's a few different elements to it. Number one, there's a trigger. There's always a trigger that starts this chain. It's like a chain of dominoes. So you've got your very first domino and it's a trigger and it could be a visual trigger. It could be an emotional trigger or it could be a deeper level self-worth trigger. And so I'll share with you a couple of examples to illustrate this. So on the highest level, it's a visual trigger. So you might be just watching TV or scrolling around, looking at the news or out at the grocery store. It really doesn't matter. There's just some visual element, visual trigger. You might see somebody who's attractive, which will start to plant this thought in your mind. And you recognize that this person is attractive and you have this thought and it could be anything. You could recognize the attractiveness of the person. But then when the thought turns to something where it crosses a line, because simply noticing that somebody's attractive, whether they're male or female, that's neutral. We all do that as people. And that happens unconsciously. You just kind of notice that there are people around you. However, when it goes from simply observation and then slipping into some kind of a fantasy or objectification, that's this initial set of dominoes where there's a trigger. And then once you decide to entertain the thought, you go to the next part of that, which is it creates this feeling of dopamine. And so there's a feel good that comes with it. There's some kind of an emotional experience. There's adrenaline, there's oxytocin, there's dopamine. There's this rush of chemicals that starts to happen when you start to entertain those thoughts. And so on the highest level, there's a visual cue. And so I'll walk through this pattern with you on this on this particular level here. So once you see somebody, that might be the trigger. It creates these feelings in your body because you're entertaining the thought. And then number three, you start to rationalize it. Or you start, there's four different ways I think that we handle this that keep us stuck in the cycle. So number one, you rationalize. And you think like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, she's got all of her clothes on or, you know, I just, I'm just looking for a second or this isn't going to hurt anybody or it's not as bad as pornography. You start to just rationalize what you're doing, entertaining the thoughts. Or number two, you minimize it. 
And so I guess kind of uh, referencing that, it's like, this isn't that big of a deal. Uh, I can notice that somebody's attractive and it's fine, which is true. But if you start to minimize, no, I'm not just noticing, I'm actually fantasizing, objectifying. The brain will find some way to minimize the impact of what's happening so you can keep going. And again, this is a part of what the dopamine system does. It motivates us to pursue ultimately some kind of a reward and i'm just and i'm talking about like a neurochemical reward which is more adrenaline uh an escape of a negative feeling there's some pursuit of pleasure that the brain is motivating you to achieve when we're stuck in this cycle and again it's a very cheap level of dopamine because by simply looking at somebody else and starting to fantasize or looking at somebody on social media that's not that's not this healthy source of dopamine that otherwise would come when we're pursuing goals. If we're pursuing goals, becoming the person that we want to be, having actual relationships with other people, we get a sense of dopamine from there too. But this counterfeit cheap source of dopamine leads us to be stuck in the same negative cycle. So you've got the trigger, you've got the feelings that accompany it when you start to entertain the trigger or the thought. And then number three, you have some way to stay stuck in the cycle where that's rationalizing, minimizing, justifying or compartmentalizing. And so when men cycle through one or more of these four strategies, which is again, justify, rationalize, minimize, or compartmentalize, this is where we get stuck. As human beings, we get stuck in this cycle because this keeps us in it. Because if I tell myself this isn't that big of a deal, or I can always just stop tomorrow, I don't need to actually quit right now, me looking at this website or looking at this person at the grocery store, it's not that big of a problem. I'm not going to go very far with it. Or whatever you tell yourself, this is the brain's way of deceiving you. This is the mind's way of deceiving you to stay stuck in this pattern so you can continue to experience the feelings that you're having. Because the brain knows there's a dopamine dump at the end of the tunnel there. And so it wants to keep you in this process as long as possible because the brain is just looking for dopamine. The brain likes adrenaline. The brain, if we're feeling down and discouraged, the brain's going to want this like pick me up. And so if you've conditioned yourself to find dopamine or adrenaline or oxytocin or some kind of an escape, if you've conditioned yourself to achieve that through pornography, the brain has linked those together through conditioning. So the more that you stay stuck in that and you continue to stay in that pattern, the brain will keep returning to that much, much more effortlessly because it's memorized what to do. And so this is the killer here when people stay stuck in this pattern through compartmentalizing. And again, this happens subconsciously because if you talk to somebody outside of this trance, because we get into a trance in this moment, right? Trigger, feeling, when we're in the feeling, we're in the state, we're in this like autopilot trance. And in there, men are usually not thinking about the consequences of what they're doing because the feeling overshadows all of that and the compartmentalization that happens where it's like, I'm not thinking about the consequences. I'm not thinking about how my wife's going to feel about this. I'm not thinking about how I'm going to feel at the end of this. I'm feeling the guilt and the shame. All of that is not being considered because of the compartmentalization that happens. After somebody does one of those strategies, it then ultimately leads to pursuing it further and acting out. Now, these four steps can be broken. You can intervene at any one of these steps. 
But unless you recognize that this is what's happening each time you're slipping, it's really hard to do anything about it. Now that we've identified these four points along this pattern, I wanna give you some strategies and tools that you can use to intervene so you don't keep staying stuck because there's an exit point after each one of these elements. The first, ele the first exit point is the trigger, and this is ideally the best place where you're gonna do the work. Because what I find is that when people can address their triggers on the root level and resolve them, that's how they achieve freedom permanently. Because what happens is, imagine this like series of four dominoes. You've got the trigger that falls over, that knocks over the next one, which creates a feeling in your body. There's the beginnings of dopamine and adrenaline. The promise of reward, or in other words, the promise of relief or having a different feeling or escaping a negative state. So the trigger domino knocks down the feeling domino, which knocks down the justification domino or the compartmentalization domino, which leads to the last one, which is the acting out. And so most people try to intervene at that point. They try to prop up the last domino and say, no, I promised myself I wouldn't do this. I don't want to be going back to this pattern. I don't want to hurt my wife. I don't want to be finding myself feeling guilty and ashamed after this or they try to distract themselves. The thought is in their mind, it's gnawing at them. And it's no matter how much they try to push the thought away, it's so easy for it to just stay in the back of your mind. And so that's when people again are propping up the last domino saying, I don't want to slip. But the problem is using willpower is not sustainable. Distracting yourself from a thought is not sustainable because it just comes right back. Even if you're successful in a particular day, I can't tell you how many guys I've worked with who say, I did well for the first day, but then the next day I wake up and the thought is right back there. It comes right back forward and then I eventually entertain the thought some more and it ultimately leads to a slip. And I hate that this happens. I don't want to keep struggling in this pattern anymore. And so instead of focusing on the last domino and preventing that from falling, the ideal is if we catch it at the very start and you can target the trigger and this is what I was referring to earlier when there's three different sources of triggers, visual, emotional, and more self-worth belief-based triggers. So the visual trigger is what I mentioned earlier. You see something on TV, you start to entertain the thought, and then it leads you down that path. For other people, it's an emotional trigger where they start to feel lonely, let's say, or they feel discouraged. They feel like, disconnected from their spouse they get into a fight with their spouse and they're not doing well and this distance is painful and it hurts we feel rejection and so those are very common emotional triggers that then the emotional pain is there and there's usually not a super direct link between oh i got into a fight with my wife therefore all right 10 minutes later i'm acting out it's usually not that direct usually it's more of like a cauldron where you feel this pain, you feel this hurt, you start to isolate, you're just kind of putting all these negative feelings in this pot, and then the pot starts to boil. You have a stressful day at work, you feel overwhelmed by the kids, day number two, three, five, seven of distance with your spouse, all of this starts to build up, which then ultimately leads to, well, a thought then maybe does pop in, Maybe in that moment when you're feeling really discouraged, you do see an ad on TV or you do see somebody at the grocery store. And because the pot is already simmering, the brain, again, will 
try to escape the negative feelings that it's experiencing. So it will entertain the thought, which leads you down the rabbit hole of justifying it and ultimately acting out. So those are the emotional triggers. And on the deepest level, it's the self-worth, identity-based, belief-based triggers. And these things can all overlap with one another. But on the, the core level, how we see ourself is so often either a source of confidence or a source of depression and anxiety and shame and guilt. Because if I see myself as somebody who is unworthy or inadequate, a failure, can't get it right, there's something wrong with me. If I see myself in that way and describe myself as unlovable or have that level of low self-worth, so often people are continually in a negative, less than optimal state. It's almost like if you are struggling with this heavy backpack and the more you see yourself in a negative way, the more weight you're adding to this backpack. So you're always there. You might not be always aware of the pain that you feel if you have this less than ideal view of yourself. If you're seeing yourself in a negative way, you might not recognize how painful that actually is until it gets amplified by a situation. And so identifying the trigger is absolutely critical because that's where you want to do the work. If you have a negative view of yourself and you recognize that is often a source of why I struggle. I'm at work and I mess up a work project where I'm delayed and I don't do a good job. I'm falling behind schedule. My boss chastises me. I feel this stress mounting and I feel like I'm an an imposter. These are so often the beginnings of why we feel bad. And so if this is the source where you're struggling, the goal is to identify that, to do the work, to change the beliefs. And I've got plenty of other episodes and and strategies that I've shared with you in different ways, in in different podcasts and videos to share with you how to do that. So you can go back and listen. But essentially the idea is you're breaking those beliefs. You're helping change how you see yourself so that the belief about you becomes much more empowering. Because if I feel myself, if I see myself as capable and I'm falling behind at work, I think, okay, I can do this. I'm falling behind. I need to buckle down. I need to focus on what I'm missing. I need to ask for help when I need it. This identity of me being capable allows me to thrive in a work setting, even though it might be stressful. Or if I see myself as a good person and I get into a fight with my wife, I'm going to be able to navigate that with her in a way different in, in, in such a different way than if I see myself as a failure. Because if I'm a failure and I can never get it right, I'm less likely to have conversations with her. I'm less likely to want to work through challenges. I'm less likely to receive feedback when she might not be happy so I can course correct. I want to avoid. I want to disconnect. I want to blame her or turn the tables on her. But if I see myself as a good person, I can address those issues and I can be confident and we can work through this together. So identifying if that's your core trigger is these deeper level identity-based self-worth issues. Most people, so many people struggle with those things. So it's okay if you find yourself there. We just want to then do the work to exit those negative cycles, those negative beliefs, replace them with positive ones. The emotionally based ones. This is where if you're feeling disconnected or discouraged or lonely or sad, one of the best things that we can do to exit that cycle is to share it. Talk to your spouse about how you're feeling. Talk to a friend. Open up. Because the more that you share what's going on on the inside, the less alone you are. 
This is why people struggle for so long is because they keep so much of how they feel to themselves. They get completely overwhelmed. They feel so discouraged. It gets very, very heavy. And then in that heaviness, a thought might pop up, might be search this thing, entertain this you know inappropriate thought, whatever it is. It's so much easier for you to slide down the slide when you're already in that negative state. So by sharing when you feel triggered, and again, the trigger isn't necessarily, oh, I want to go act out. The trigger, the initial trigger could just be a sadness or a rejection or a heaviness or a fear. That is the initial trigger that sets this domino chain off, which then the thought might come in afterwards because you're already feeling bad. So the goal is to identify how you're feeling practice opening up and sharing that with somebody that you trust because then you're no longer alone and that's a much more effective way to process how you feel. Now, the third level, the highest level is what we've touched on already, the visual triggers. So identifying what the visual trigger is and finding a strategy. There's multiple ways to do this. Finding a strategy to exit that cycle of entertaining the thought. Some way to interrupt the thought. And for some people, they say something to themselves. They have some kind of a, a phrase or a, a response. Some people I've heard talk about like they incorporate their spirituality here. They see somebody and they remind themselves, oh, that woman's just, a, you know, she's a child of God. She's not here to be objectified. She's got her own worries, her own concerns, her own issues that she's dealing with. I can see her how God sees her. For other people, another suggestion in terms of strategy is you can then, when you notice you're entertaining the thought or you're beginning to entertain the thought, you can acknowledge, okay, this isn't what I want. What do I want to focus on instead? There's a massive difference between I better not think this thought versus this is what I actively want to be focusing on instead. In fact, I was just even on the way to drop in one of my kiddos off today. So I'm, I'm going to uh, the person who watches our son. And as I'm driving, I saw somebody on the street. And in the instant I saw this woman, I wanted to shift my time, my attention to something else. Because the, a big motivator for me, I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. And so I don't, like for me, thinking inappropriate thoughts is in conflict with having like the closeness with God that I want. And so I'm not even, like, it's not even about pornography. It's like, I want to keep my thoughts pure. I want to keep my thoughts clean. So if I notice there's an attractive person who's running, so I live in Las Vegas and it's really hot here. And so sometimes people will run and they're not wearing a whole lot. And so I'm going to recognize, I'm going to see that on the side of the road. But my decision point in that moment is, what do I want to do with that observation? What do I want to do with that thought? And so for me, what I even did today was I saw this woman and then instantly, instead of saying, no, I shouldn't look at her, which I already know I don't want to, instead of fighting that, I simply said, what's interesting in this environment right now? What else is interesting? And so as I'm driving around, I'm just kind of looking around the road and finding things that are interesting. And the second I asked myself, what is interesting here in front of me? I noticed this Tesla and it had this like rainbow color on it. It's kind of the shimmery rainbow. I'd never seen that before. And so all I did was ask myself, what's interesting here? And by simply doing that, it allowed my brain to actively focus on something else. And by noticing the Tesla, and I'm just observing that and just like checking that Tesla out, by virtue of doing that, I'm no longer thinking about this other woman. And so that thought passes and it goes away because I'm focusing on something else. And then I think, okay, what else do I want to focus on? And just doing that that one time was enough. There might be times when you're you're feeling like if you watch an ad or if you see a woman uh, running across the road, 
it might take multiple passes to exit that cycle, and that's fine. But one of the other strategies, again, is to notice, okay, let me think about the humanity of this person. Another one is, how do I, you know, what else do I want to think about? If there was no girl here, what would I be looking at? What would I be thinking about? And by doing that, you're actively then thinking about something else instead of distracting yourself. And so wherever you are in this process, realizing that this sequence is not unique to you. If you find yourself back in the same patterns over and over again, there's nothing wrong with you. It just means you have not exited that cycle. Again, there's the trigger. There's the feeling that goes with it. Then we justify it or rationalize it or compartmentalize, and then we act on it. And so I would encourage you that when you are noticing, because again, so many guys will tell me, well, you know, in that moment, I'll think to myself, I'll just, I'll just do this tomorrow, or this isn't that big of a deal. If you're telling yourself those things, you're already in the cycle. You're already there. So what I would encourage you to do this week is to pay attention to what are the things that you tell yourself in the cycle? What are your rationalizations? What are the ways that your brain, your mind tries to keep you in this pattern to achieve this dopamine release so that you can become aware of it and combat it? Once you recognize that you're in the pattern, ideally what you do is you go upstream. It's like, okay, what led to this? Is it because I'm feeling bad about me? Is it because I'm feeling disconnected or sad or lonely or some other painful emotion? Or is it just I'm having a good day and there's a visual trigger and I just need to exit it on that level? Whatever it is for you, I would encourage you to really practice getting good at identifying your specific pattern. It's going to contain these elements and then the exit all along the way. So you're exiting at the trigger level and ideally you're breaking those triggers so that when you see, when, so for instance, like when the work that I love to do with people is helping them recognize what their triggers are. And instead of just getting good at withstanding the trigger, it's to really dissolve the energy that it has. So for instance, if somebody says, well, my big trigger is stress and I feel like a failure at work. My goal when I work with somebody is to help them get clear about what that is and then help them to unlink the stress with the knee-jerk reaction to go down some rabbit hole, eventually leading to pornography. Because when you break those links and you dissolve that trigger, then you can have a stressful day and it doesn't even connect to pornography anymore. You can have a fight with your wife, but if you've done the work to resolve those triggers at the core level, then it doesn't springboard you back into the addiction because those are separate now. There's no longer that link. There's no connection there. And I find that when people are able to do the work on that level, that's how this is permanently sustainable. If people are focusing on the final domino and telling themselves, I just don't want to act out. I just, I know I shouldn't be doing this. And they tell themselves those things, then I know that it's not going to be sustainable for them. Because if they're fine, they're using their energy to prop up the last domino. It's just not, it's not a long-term strategy. So the earlier you can get in the process, the better. So I would encourage you this week to think about where your pattern is, where it typically starts and how you can start to intervene on any of these levels ultimately so you can exit this cycle for good and find the freedom that happens as you do. Okay, I hope that was helpful. And for any of the men who are listening, I want to invite you to join if you're looking for some extra support and tools and help implementing these uh, tools and strategies so you can fully overcome pornography so that it doesn't have to follow you around anymore. Go ahead and go to uh, www.facebook.com slash groups slash tools to quit. And the link is going to be here in the uh, show notes as well. 
So I look forward to watching you guys make progress and really overcome this addiction, get this problem out of your life, restore your relationship so you can actually move forward and leave all of this behind you in a way that there's actually closure.